Welcome to a new decade, a new era, a new eon, a new age, a new drawing core podcast. Um, it won't just be the introduction that's that level, that ooh, that that level of spanking hot drama talking about the new year we're going to keep that level of intensity up because um whispering a whispery podcast is is in fact imperative it's it's an imperative it's an imperative trooper this week because i'm 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 in, in fact babysitting so um this is the babysitting podcast in fact there was already one podcast recorded whilst babysitting um see if you can spot which one um there, there can be a prize if uh if you want a prize if you if you guess which one and if i can remember and your and both those things indicate the same podcast and you r- write write in uh or um or or call me um, if you have the, if you have the official drawing core phone number, then there can be a prize arranged. Um, I hope uh, that's an exciting start to your new year. The thought of a drawing prize, um, and I hope that you've had other good welcomes to this new year, this new get- decade, this new age, this new eon, this new uh, time in your life. Um, how are you? How is it hitting you? How does it feel to have moved on in um, in years? It's interesting that we talked quite a bit about the changing of seasons, and we talked about um, this coming into winter and this letting go and this um, <clears throat> beginning of a rebirth. The solstice was on the 21st of December and that was, of course, the yang inside the yin. The yin, the darkest time of the year, but the yang, the the birthing sun, which from that day would become, obviously, you know, there'd be more light every day because the sun is coming back. So that's why, you know, if you see the yin-yang symbol in the centre of each uh, fish-shaped yin or yang there's the dot of the corresponding to the the other the other yang or yin um that's the uh, that's like when you see a full moon full moon is like the yang the the bright white in in the very heart of the yin which is the night nighttime darkness there's a, there's a certain I feel when I see the full moon a very powerful sense of balance and I, and I attribute it now having learnt more about yin yang to this moment of the descent reaching the centre of one thing you find its opposite <coughs> you kind of reach that apex of balance um, so it's funny that we, we pass that point the solstice point but um, Yanni didn't uh, 
that that wasn't the marker for, for me or I imagine for most people in our drawing sphere the real marker or the more dominant marker is surely the New Year's Eve and the New Year's Day passing from 2019 to 2020 which is of course a very arbitrary handover of time but is much more prominently celebrated than the solstices which for want of a better word we might say is a more natural new year drinking rum just to let you know this is um, a rather unplanned podcast in fact perhaps the most unplanned podcast because we have had unplanned podcasts unscripted podcasts Philan, but this one is really <clears throat> I feel like we're in the wilds we're trusting in my ability to lead a uh what's the word coherent interesting entertaining period of time who knows how long it will be who knows what will happen who knows what we'll really get into but I really I wanted to open this into a more personal sphere and just trying to deliver what I'm feeling and I want to disperse that rather lightly over over the period of time that we that we sit together today because lots of people who listen to this have told me that it's a bit difficult to concentrate on so if you don't need to concentrate for anyone who's um, invested six minutes of concentration time sorry don't just just lapse lapse your concentration this will be the lapsed concentration podcast the one in which it doesn't really matter what's going on or what I'm saying whether you follow or not because this is more true to our experience of the world no we're constantly narrativizing constantly trying to make sense of what's going on by placing events emotions relations into kind of archetypal narratives or narrative components just to sim- just to simplify them just to make them digestible or to to help them fit into our logic and rationality and <clears throat> often that's what we're doing when we try and exert control over a situation where we don't really have any business to assert our control right like if you um, we're talking about something good my friend uh, about how the dominant sexual script is a lot to do with control right like we should control this situation we should take our pleasure often that will be a masculine um, player in that script 
the one who would be the active partner who would be the it would be focused on their pleasure and they need to control that situation in order to be validated as that particular player and that sexual script is not unrelated not unrelatedly mirrored in other relations relation scripts relation scripts that involve um, well fucking any genders you know like <clears throat> genders have power because of them being categories and them being um, assigned certain things and other things being assigned to them to those categories being boxed in with them as a man you are expected to be all these things and because you are all these things then you are quite masculine filan filan so you are then you then you need to exert control or you are expected to exert control or you you need you have a need a desire to assert control in order to fulfill your role But life doesn't really work in such simplistic ways. And it's downright offensive if you think that the corresponding uh, role of woman, if you're thinking about life in terms of heterosexuality, which, you know, life often is compulsorily heterosexualified. If you think that the corresponding woman, gender, partner, person, is submissive and is not having agency or control and you can see this misogynistic whirlwind you can't see the the thing I'm the the gesture I'm making with my arm but it's like a whirlwind you know it's like stirring up all of that misogyny um, thinking about talking about who has control and who doesn't that's that is yeah that's a script we don't want that's a narrative we don't want so and that's that's a very obvious kind of example but we are always um using narrative to understand what goes on around us and it's not a ne it's not a wholly negative thing right it does help us and we do it like i'm writing stories like i'm not against narrative to some in some sweeping way but i do think that commonly we are very reductive when we narrativize things and we are not paying attention as much as everything as much as everything around us deserves to be attended to we're going to miss things out we're going to make mistakes we're going to leave some people in the fucking lurch including ourselves yeah we're not kind to ourselves and this is maybe the feeling that I want to I want to come from this feeling today because after New Year after the after it changed into 2020 so in the morning I had not had wild party night night before I wasn't too fragile as many others I'm sure were my celebrations did not involve me waking up feeling particularly hungover or having a come down or <clears throat> regretting something. 
I woke up, had a nice morning, and then I went to see a friend. And I had lots of energy for this friend, and I was very happy and positive. But I could feel, and especially as this, as this morning went on, this precariousness to that. And it's not. It's not like a defined negative feeling was there, but more an uncertainty was creeping up. And these kind of feelings, I believe, we would we would be dishonest if we didn't admit to them being very much part of our lives, you know? They're part and parcel of what it means to be not human, but to be, and not to be a social animal, but to be in this society. And I do mean, I am, I guess, referring more to a, a Western, Northern, capitalistic society but I think we also we could see because because of that is that such a dominant society in our on our globe that you could probably you could probably say that this spills out globally and I and I can be saying that in this in the global society as much as that is a thing to even say exists in the global society we have a lot of we have to deal with a lot of negative emotions like they're, they're just like coming quite uh, repetitively consistently at a low level obviously there are very many uh, you know negative things happening in the foreground in many people's lives but even without those even living an ostensibly happy smooth privileged life lots of negative emotions maybe these are things that would exist still in much different societies but they manifest in ways that are unique to this society like if you think about these narratives of success you know one of the one of the manifestations which became more clear as I moved into the second day of the new year and I had time with myself to reflect or think or feel one of the things was a feeling of um, panic right needing to be successful wondering if I had fulfilled my meanness enough on uh, a scale of on an external scale you know like, like judging myself externally to say like do I meet this required amount of success in the eyes of society and you know that's a very there's a very, that's a very linear narrative where i should kind of be always growing always moving forward towards a goal forever getting better at a very particular thing which is like stepping stones getting more and more and more um, enriched or enriching I guess <clears throat> along the same set path right and I think many ways in which we learn are uh, 
kind of. Kind of in through dispersed thinking. Like we kind of, our minds hover in a feathery kind of way over everything that's going on around us and we pick up a lot of information that way. We, we, we learn a lot from our peripheries, let's say. I think sometimes it's hard to learn things that you are so focused on, you know? Whereas like when it's just a normal everyday occurrence that you don't give so much attention to, that really wheedles its way into your brain, you know? That's somehow more memorable You've gotten more education from that small, like essentially, essentially meaningless, like you know, unimportant thing, than you have from the supposedly meaningful, important task at hand. And you know, it comes. I think I've talk, mentioned before about a post-work anarchism, and I have yet to do enough research on this to to try and make a podcast about this but it's 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 in on my list let's say i mean i don't know why i said let's say there is literally a list i mean it's a post-it note but it's a list more or less with what to do the podcast on so it is actually written down there but anyway post-work anarchism you know that 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 is dealing very directly with the idea that we have a lot of unnecessary work a lot of the labour that we're putting into this societal narrative is very unnecessary. It's a, it's not just a narrative; it's a false narrative. You know, it's a, it's a fucking lie. And the, I mean, the small bit I do know about it, it kind of, you know, it poses. We pose the question all the time: What do you? We know what it means when someone says, what do you do for a living? It means, what's your job? Like, that's that's the common euphemism, right? What do you do for a living? And, like, you know, the linguistic... Um, what's the fucking word? The linguistic implication of that is that you're... Somehow, you are living... Your life is dependent on your occupation, and and on the flip side, <clears throat> so many um, unnecessary jobs and un- so much unnecessary labour is tantamount to, to to a kind of living death, because you are performing such mindless tasks, or because you are so much alienated from the product that you are part of a production line on you know this kind of this is kind of marxist thing you know of capitalism alienating people from what they're doing and, and exerting its control like that because you uh you don't have a relationship with the work you're doing so you are very much you are oppressed much more effectively by your work you are fucking much more downtrodden because you are just one cog in a, in a machine. And I think there is, there, is, there is so much of this that gives a lot, gives rise to a 
to a to an anxiety one you know one of these lower level negative emotions that I'm talking about when the new year comes the thing is is that because there is this big pressure like when the solstice comes you know you're rolling over a new season you've got another fucking celebration coming up that is equally important it's just as much part of that continual narrative of the world being reborn happens every year climate change aside to be fair should probably say that but that's but the the solstice the substance of the solstice celebration is substantially different from the um the year changing celebration on the 31st of december because when that happens you enter a, a numerical value which is going to apply to you for another 365 days that's 365 days you've got kind of put in your a put in put to your face at that one moment so i think you know that's enough to create a huge pressure on you to feel like oh fuck like what am i going to do in that whole time what am i going to achieve in in this big huge space that has just been opened up for me and i mean you can you could also think like what did i achieve in that last space that's opened up to me but i mean generally things that are past you know you gotta put your past behind you and you're behind in the past sort of easier sort of done i think anxiety comes from like this throwing your mind to the future and if you're in solstice celebration then it's i don't know it's kind of less less like that whereas if you're in new year celebration you are very much bringing up bringing to attention calling to attention this whole new 365 year group uh, 365 day group well there's a lot of pressure so i felt myself having lethargic I guess depressive feeling and I said that I think um, this kind of, this particular anxiety comes come from throwing your mind to the future and I do think that but what I notice is that while I'm doing that I'm kind of dragging up my past and I'm sort of holding my past up to the future and being like it's not going to be as good as it was or whatever happens in the future I've lost this or if maybe it was a negative memory that I would bring up I would be like you know that's going to happen again look how shit that was what have I got to look forward to really So this is this is this is this is the point I'm kind of coming from. This is the feeling I'm coming from, and it was in trying to figure out how to do this podcast was interesting because for the last uh, few podcasts they've been well, they've been kind of low key compared to the first few, which were 
Yanni like intense, discursive, topical discussions. The last um, four, the last, the last two for sure, um, have been just uh, writings we put out and there was there was a week gap as well like i feel a bit like basically like i've I've applied myself less to this podcast as it's gone on and i mean it hasn't gone on that long it's been 16 this is number 17 podcast like it is fair amount it's a long amount of time but like it's not so so many like if i was to say like this is the part narrative of the podcast i started well couldn't keep it up fucked it off i feel like this this is too few to admit that I can I can tr- I can trail off for a good another five podcasts before I cl- before I feel like it's closing wilting down so I was but, but at the same time I didn't have like a, a strong topic to bring to kind of resurrect that first phase of um passionate discursive exploration and i looked to like what's what's been going on like i looked i I, I literally wrote a list of um the things that i've been engaged with the bits of culture that i've been engaging with thinking like what what comes out of them what's interesting about them and i also wrote a list of my basically my new year's resolutions and i think um kind of kind of wanted to <clears throat> kind of found more interest in that second part in that new in that my new year's resolutions that showed you that showed me uh, some real emotion that was because of this time and as we talked about two podcasts ago in the united kingdom there was just this general election and the podcast that i did the um gonzo type political uh, discussion thing the techno gonzo or the gonzo techno Gon- techno gonzo it was techno gonzo whatever that was um grappling a little a, a bit with what it means to do political action and one of the anxieties that i have of this oh shit it's a whole new year what the fuck am i gonna do how am i gonna be successful how am i gonna complete this narrative and play play my role as i should do is uh, is my political activity my political activism and i believe this podcast is a political act i do try and put i do try and frame conceptualize everything i do in terms of like a political action so for example writing the erotica for christmas day was um you know, it was fun, it was nice, it was unexpected, whatever, but I think that we should be be bringing sex into conversation a lot more. Like, I mean, my first example about control in narratives was about sex, and, and I was saying, I talked to my friend about this today. It is a very common and destructive issue. You know, I did this podcast about consent and specifically consent in um, in terms of sexual relations because I think this is super important and I think it does it is a bit of a game changer yani. and so when we 
when I bring sex to the to the front by writing some erotica and releasing it to a group of people who I, who I know will listen to it, that's not without its political implications in my head and its political kind of context. So that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, I said at the beginning of this rambling podcast that I think having an unplanned podcast is somehow undermining this control that we try to exert by narrativizing uh, events and emotions and relations kind of like um, uh, I have a I have a gender podcast which I've already recorded but um, there hasn't been the right time to release it yet so it will possibly probably be the next one um, but one of the things that I talked about in there was about how um, this you know, spoiler oh, fuck you. yeah <clears throat> one thing I talked about in there was like how this uh, m- more 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 um, uh, something that we would assign to masculine has more impetus to close a subject to answer the question to fix what is and what isn't what is maybe uh, moralized as well what is right and what is wrong that's a very masculine logic curve if you will and I tried in this gender podcast which Yanni you're here you you it will be released unto you imminently What I wanted to do with that was present an unfinished thought, some some unfinished thoughts, and this is this is this is what I'm doing with this podcast as well. These are unfinished thoughts, Yanni. These are emotive bursts. Um, so they come from this place of like, okay, the New Year started with these negative emotions, um, and what that means, because I don't want to make this podcast a personal thing, a personal exploration. I think what is much more interesting is to contextualize those personal experiences in terms of something greater. And like, you know, this is how it becomes politicized. This is how it is framed and say, understood politically in my head. So, there is no point to this podcast there is no closing statement or kind of wrapping up idea I don't know if it was successful I was thinking this a few times when I was talking I said near the beginning that I hoped this was something you could drift in and out of you didn't have to concentrate on that may have been bollocks because I I, I was quite intense in grabbing the what I was trying to say at each point at, at, at several points in this spiel and I also I hope that that doesn't undermine my idea of having unfinished thoughts because you know several things I said I have asserted you know I have asserted that we narrativize like this and we do this and we do that and I hope that I've couched that sufficiently in an I think so that it's like I think this is what's happening and I'm not telling you this to tell you what I think 
but I'm telling you it in order to communicate the emotion that I'm feeling, this, this, this New Year's emotion. So that's my mixture there of the personal and the political, the introverted me experience and the wider what the fuck is going on in the world kind of deal. Um, been watching The Mandalorian, Baby Yoda. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's joyful. I'm going to make sure that in this January I have some joyful things which I don't give myself a headache over their consumption of my time. Meanwhile, I am rereading Watchmen because our culture should take responsibility for itself and fucking criticize itself. And that's what Watchmen does. And there's a new series on HBO, and I definitely want to uh, check that out. Um, I was uh, going to play a song now. Not really sure um, what it's going to be. Um, let's have a look. Um, what have we got here? Beyonce. Been, been getting into some Beyonce. Um, been opening my musical funnily enough since I started the podcast been opening my musical consumption to like a much wider variety of things and I promised at the start that I would have all of this hardcore techno for you and I have had quite quite a lot of non-hardcore techno music sharing uh, which surprised me as much as it might have surprised you I think I might be getting a bit um, I'm not sure if that's uh, coming through on the recording. Might be a bit of funny noises there. Sorry about that. It's just my earring against the um, wire of the headphones. <coughs> Got some Calle Jose. That's really cool. Um, got some uh, Grace Petrie. Want to sh- really want to share that with you, but it's a bit. It's a bit of a downer in a way but then on the other hand I don't want to ha- I don't want an upper like I want to share with you some Popes of Chili Town that's really big in my heart right now but it's too much of an upper I think I know what I'm going to share with you I think it has to be this and um, it's it's going to be the the most how would you say how would we say dominant mainstream music industry type song that I have shared so far but it means a lot to me not just because of the song and I think the song is a very good uh, uh, it has a very nice approach to mental health in a very mainstream setting context I like that it approaches directly so directly to mental health that affects everybody it's like it has this. It has to me. It has this. It has this thing of saying, "Yeah, we all feel shit about ourselves," and I just, you know, I wish we didn't, because I like you. You're really great, and that would be a nice thing to give to myself and to you uh, in 
in this opening of the year and especially with these any feelings of anxiety that we've talked about today um, and this singer is means a lot to me for reasons which I'm not going to go into um, but I love her she's uh, one of my idols and this isn't a personal podcast so don't think about it too much um, it's pink pink uh, as we all know written P exclamation mark NK which is difficult to pronounce so this song is uh, pink fucking perfect and I do like this I'm sorry if you think it's cheesy and if you really don't like hardcore techno then this is your moment Uh, thank you for listening to my little ramble I hope that it was not too rambly and I'm not sure what it is I'm not sure if I'm going to I think I'm not going to re-listen to this. I think I'm going to put it out there. And I've got lots of... I'm pregnant with ideas for this podcast. And I'm pregnant with many different ideas that are all kicking in different directions. And I assume that it will mean this podcast does kick in lots of different directions over the next month or two. So I hope that's exciting for you should be I mean already it has kicked in lots of different directions so it might not really really fucking make any difference but um, yeah this is this is one new type of podcast and there will probably be many new types of drawing in the next month or two take care of yourself be kind to yourself in the spirit of this coming song and be kind to other people we got some things to take responsibility for in this society, in this global society and fucking local society and individual the society of your mind. We have responsibilities. We need to we need to try and push for this world to be fucking better and for us not to experience so much anxiety just as a result of existing in this fucking world. So we're gonna we're gonna do some good shit together. The drawing is is on it. Don't you worry, sunshine. Um, so in, enjoy enjoy fucking perfect by Pink, um, and Sizi uh, Opurum. Um, lots of love, Opurum. Osliorum. Osliordum. Seviorum. Hadi. Bye bye. Made a wrong turn once or twice. Dug my way out, blood and fire. Bad decisions, that's alright. Welcome to my silly life. Mistreated, this place
Why do I do that? Why do I do that? Yeah! 